Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Join my VIP program, Train English with Me. Speak English powerfully, confidently, effortlessly. Join my VIP program today. Join, commit, commit, right? This means decide, and it means be persistent. Right? Just one week is not enough. Just one month's not enough for anything. The VIP program will train you to speak English fluently, powerfully. You will receive the training and the lessons. But of course, you must do it. Of course. You are a free and independent learner. So you are the master of your learning. So you must use the lessons every day. Right? You must commit. You know, you decide and you, 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 you put in the time. Every month, month after month after month after month, improving, improving, improving. That's why our best VIP members, they commit and they do the work. They do it. And you will too. So join my VIP program today at Effortless English club.com join today at effortlessenglishclub.com Ooh, we have a beautiful day today. It's fall. It's autumn in Japan. Early autumn, which means it's still quite warm. I'm in shorts still. Still wearing my shorts. Still wearing my sandals. Still have a t-shirt on sunny 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 blue skies clear clear air you know that clear fall air those of you who live in um, this kind of climate where you have four seasons many of you will have the same kind of fall weather where the air becomes very very clear And it's nice and sunny and the sky is blue overhead. But it's different than summer. You can feel the difference. The air is more dry here than usual, than summer. Summer's very humid, lots of water in the air, right? And lots of dust and things from the plants. But in the fall, all of that becomes much less. That's why the air becomes much more clear. So it gives a different feeling, even when the temperature's still warm. But the temperature is warm, very warm, but not hot, not super hot. So this is just perfect. I mean, today feels like a day in Hawaii. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, I'll stop talking about the weather. Hopefully. Had a nice question, a very good question, actually, very, very good question, on uh, Instagram today. I thought I'd 
talk about it for just a minute. Yeah, one of the commenters uh, had a comment that said something like, um, Oh, AJ, you're talking about the importance of family. Family is very important. What if, what if, what if I don't have a family? If, am I, you know, <laughs> am I going to be unhappy? Um, well, the, my, my first quick answer would be, yeah, probably. You probably will be unhappy. But the next part of the question was, what should I do? What should I do? What can I do? And that's the good news. Because here's the good thing. Of course, we know, first of all, on the bad side, we do know there are some families that are terrible, meaning parents, right? We know there are just some bad people who become parents. Now, I would say there's kind of two categories of bad parents. We, we, we might say bad parents, okay? Where maybe you, maybe if you feel like you had bad parents, you don't feel that love. You don't feel that connection with your parents. And it can, yeah, it can be a terrible situation. A lot of people unhappy because of that. I'd say there's kind of two categories of this, however, that we should think about. And it's important to realize which one uh, we're talking about. Because one category of bad parents, if we want to use this phrase, bad parents, one category would be um, people who just do their best, but, you know, they're immature, they're, uh, maybe they're kind of selfish, they're foolish, often they're young, quite young, when they become parents. So, th so they're, they're not evil, in other words. They're, they're not trying to hurt their children. They don't have the thought or the feeling in their mind, oh, I'm going to, you know, be, be bad to my children. I'm, I want my children to suffer, or I don't care if they suffer. That, that's not what they're thinking, right? They're, they're, they probably think they're doing their best, but they're just uh, foolish and selfish and distracted or whatever, right? They have just a lot of problems. <laughs> and so they're just not very good parents. They, they maybe, you know, they're really impatient with their children and they yell at them and they, they make their children feel bad. They make their children feel like they're not cared for or loved. Or maybe they're, like they said, they're very dis distracted and selfish. So they're always worried about themselves. They don't focus on their own children enough. Or maybe they're just brainwashed, right? They're kind of the propaganda, right? So they're, uh, they're just uh, trying to get money and trying to get buy things. And they're so focused on that that they don't do a good job as parents. They don't do a good job with their children. Or maybe even less than that, they're just, uh, maybe they're just super busy, right? Again, they're just focused on, they, they don't really think deeply, so they just do what the media tells them. So, you know, they're off working, 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 and, uh, and they're just not around very much for their children. So this is, this is the one category. I would say this is a category where they're not evil, right? But they maybe just not very good parents. And that's the most common category. Uh, most people who say, oh, my parents, you know, my parents were bad or my family wasn't good. It's that kind of situation. On the other hand, there is a small group that are just truly evil. 
truly evil people that have children, right? These are the people. You, you, I'm not going to talk about the details because it's really horrible, but you know, these are the, the terrible stories we hear about where children are abused physically and emotionally and sexually and all these other hor- you know, where these people do horrible things. These are horrible, horrible, terrible people. And of course, that's just sad. So in these situations, though, what, what if... This is a good question. What, 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 if, what if that was your situation? What if you had really bad parents in one of those categories? What can you do? Does this mean you'll be alone forever? That you can't have family? No, of course not. It doesn't mean that. It means... Well, it means a couple things. There's two solutions. First, the, the worst situation. The evil, evil, evil. Well, we know. We know because we know there are lots of people that have experienced this, what do they do? Well, usually they they make a choice in their life. The victims, these children, when they grow up, they make a choice. On w- One choice is they become like their evil parents. This is the bad choice. But they, they basically become the same evil that caused them to be victims. They were victims of evil, and when they grow up, they also become evil, and then they do it to other people, and it goes on and on and on. And that's sad, and it's terrible. And once they become adults and make that choice, well, now they're evil too. But there's another choice that we know that these victims make. Victims of terrible, terrible, terrible abuse who've suffered, suffered, suffered as children, as teenagers. And yet, they make a different choice when they become adults. Their choice, they decide that... They will never let this happen. They have experienced this evil. They have suffered so much. And their choice is to choose good. They decide to be motivated. They are motivated by the evil. They are motivated to fight it. Because they suffered and they decide, I'm not going to let others suffer this way. I'm going to fight this evil. And those people... What do they do? They well, they they have families, right? They get they are very very careful when they choose a husband or wife. They carefully, very carefully choose their husband or wife. They choose someone who's good with a good heart, and then they have children, and they use their own childhood, their own suffering, and they say, "My children will never suffer this. I will never be like my terrible parents." And they use it, and they create. A beautiful family and they become very very loving parents and they protect their own children from this so you can see that's that's a choice and that's even in the worst situation the worst situation so of course in the less bad situation right if it's a situation where oh yeah, maybe your parents they, they were not evil, right? They're not, they were not evil. They just, yeah, maybe they were just selfish. They just weren't very good for whatever reason. Well, again, you, can, you have the same choice. You have the same choice. Will you become like that also? Or will you use that as motivation to be better yourself so that when you are a parent, you will do it differently? Right? You learned from your parents' bad example. You learned from your own parents' mistakes. And then you create a stronger family. A better family. You do a better job. 
So for example, if your mom or your dad or both, if they were always working, 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 they didn't spend enough time with you, well, when you become a mom or a dad, you understand very, very, very strongly you understand how important that time is. And so you make different choices. When you become a dad, you're sure that you change your job or change your career so you have enough time for your children. Even if you have to live in a smaller place and make less money, you know it's important so you make a different choice. And then you create a happier, stronger family for yourself. And of course, if you're, as a mom, you can do the same. You can make these choices yourself. So that's what you do. This is the answer. This is the general answer that if you think, oh, what, what can I do if I have a bad relationship with my own family? Well, create, create a family. You have to create your own family. That's the wonderful thing about being able to have children, for example. Now, as part of this too, you might include, as you create your own family, you might have a, a couple of very, very close, trusted, long-term friends that you think of as almost like your brothers or your sisters. As I said, I've got a couple of friends like this. Three, in fact. Um, you're not going to have a lot of those kind of friends because it's uh, those kind of friendships take a lot of effort and time and trust, but you can find them. You can. And of course, you have to be a good friend to them also. It's not just one way, both ways. But you, so in that way, let's say you have bad relations with your brothers and sisters too. So you can, you can kind of create your own in this way with your very, very close, close friends. And that takes time though. But brothers and sisters take time, right? They grow up together. They don't instantly love each other when they're babies. It takes time. It takes years. <laughs> so that's how you do it. That's the quick answer to that question is you create your own family. You have to create your own. Now, another recommendation I have if your parents were just kind of not good, okay, they were so-so, let's say, you, you don't feel very close to them. But they were not evil, right? They didn't torture you. They didn't abuse you. Nothing like that. They were maybe they were just young and foolish or selfish or something. But if that's the situation, I recommend forgiving them. Forgive them and try to make a better relationship with them now. That takes time too. But... It's, it's a good thing to do. If you feel like your parents basically loved you <laughs> and still love you and cared about you, but they just made a lot of mistakes, well, then you should forgive them for that. If, you're, if one or more of your parents were truly evil, truly terrible, then y you just want to stay away from them. You probably never want to see them again. That's a good decision. You can't, it does no good to, to forgive and try to have a relationship with evil people because they will just be evil to you again. So you have to decide that. You have to know which, which, what's the case. But either way, whatever you decide, the bigger answer is create your own family. 
right? You have to, again, you have to be the master of your own life. So if you're not happy with, uh, if you had a really bad luck or bad karma, whatever you want to call it, and your parents were terrible and you have no brothers or sisters or something, then create your own family and learn from that experience and do a better job. Okay, let's talk about your dreams. And by dreams, I don't mean your dreams when you're asleep. You fall asleep, you have a dream. Now, we, uh, there's another meaning for dreams, which is kind of your big goals, right? Your big, big, big life goals. Your biggest, most important, most powerful life goals. Right? We call those dreams also. We use the same word, dreams. Right, these are things maybe when you're young. Robert Kiyosaki, for example, <laughs> our, the writer of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He talks, he used to dream of being rich when he was young. For some reason, I, you know, we don't know why really. But for some reason, he always wanted to be rich. He wanted to uh, own businesses and be an investor. and Who knows why? <laughs> but he did. It was one of his big dreams when he was young. Right, so dreams, that's what when we, you know, if you sit down at a quiet time and you really imagine, you know, kind of your perfect life, the perfect life you want. If you, if you magically could have a different life, what would you, what would you want? What, what would you wish for? Those are your dreams, your life dreams. What's interesting is most of us have quite similar dreams. There are some common things that most people hope for, wish for, want. Like the most important things, the the biggest dreams, the most important. Unfortunately, because of the media and education and other reasons and our own confusion, we, we often get confused about these dreams. We get confused about our big life goals. We get confused about what we want or what we need. Specifically, we get confused by two different kinds of dreams or goals. Number one would be your, your actual dreams, what you really, really want. But number two, uh, the second category, would be the tools or skills. The tools or skills that will help you get those big dreams. Sometimes people get them confused. Sometimes, in fact, many times, people focus on the tools and the skills and they forget about the bigger dream. They forget that the tool is just to help them get the dream and they forget their actual real dream and then they focus completely on the tool. What am I talking about? Let's talk about this. For example, money. Let's go back to Robert Kiyosaki. Money's a big one. A lot of people will, in this world are encouraged to dream about money, 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 and they think about money and they focus on money, getting more and more money. And they will forget why they want money. They, they, they forget the reason they want money and then they just focus just on money. And when they become rich, then they just want more money and then more money and then more money and then more money and more money. 
Or for some people, it's fame to become famous, and it's the same problem. They want to become famous, then they do become famous. They become a big movie star, then they want to become even more famous and more famous, and then they want to stay famous. And they forget, you know, what, what's the purpose of being famous? What's the purpose of money? They forget the deeper reason, and thus they actually become unhappy. Think of it this way. Imagine this. Imagine I had one billion dollars. One billion dollars. And I was going to give it to you. I was going to make a deal. You and I would make a deal. You have a choice. Now, I will give you... I'm, I'm, it's a, I'm a magical... I'm a genie, right? I can give you one billion dollars. But we have a deal. I will give you one billion dollars. But, 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 but... You will become super rich, but every day you will be unhappy. Every day you will be sad and depressed. Also, you will be lonely. You will have no friends and you will have no family. So no love in your life, no friendship. You'll be completely alone. You'll feel emotionally, you'll feel depressed and sad and unhappy every day. Also, you're going to be sick physically unhealthy. You're going to constantly be sick and weak and have pain, physical pain in your body every day. That's the deal. I'll give you a billion dollars. You'll be super rich, but you have to be sick and unhealthy and lonely and sad every day for the rest of your life. Would you take the money? Well, most people, I think, would say no. That's a terrible deal. <laughs> What's the point of the money? How, well, you can see in this example that just the money is meaningless. If you have the money, but you're going to be sick and unhappy and lonely, well, that's a bad deal. See, it's not really the money. The reason people want money is because they think the money will make them happy. They think the money will, you know, get them love and attention or, you know, pretty girls or something like that. What they really want, though, their true goal, their real dream or goal is happiness, love, connection, goals, dreams, happiness, love, connection, health. That's what people are really hoping for. Those are the real dreams. It's just they focus on money thinking they think the money will give them those things. Or they think being famous. They think, ah, if I become a movie star or a famous singer, well, then everyone will love me. Then I will, right? I'll feel happy every day. It's a confusion. They confuse <laughs> the real deep goal they want with, you know, a tool, a step. So let's talk about what people really, 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 really want. I think people, number one, they really, really, really want family. So back to our topic, family. Not just any family, of course. People want loving, close families. Family, loving families, close families give your life meaning. They automatically give you a feeling of meaning and connection and real love because you are loved as a whole person because you are accepted as a whole person, because you are a part of, you automatically belong to this group that's more than just you. You care about and love them and take care of them. They care about and love and take care of you. 
people want healthy, strong, loving families. You know, love. Real love, though. Not that Hollywood nonsense you see in movies. And people want friendships. Real, true friendships. For the same reason. For the same reason. Because these, again... A true friendship is like a it's like an it's like an extra brother or extra sister in your family. A real deep friendship is like that. And again it brings those same feelings of meaning and connection and love and acceptance. Another real dream people want is freedom. People want freedom. They want freedom, especially time freedom. The freedom to live as they choose, to use their time on earth, use their time in this life the way they choose. People want to be free. Nobody wants to be a slave. And that's what financial freedom is about in our modern world. It's because most people become slaves to money, to jobs. So the reason people want financial freedom, I think, the deepest reason is what they really want is that freedom. The freedom of time, right? To have the time to spend with your children instead of having to go off to a job all the time. You know, the time to live as you want to live. Another real dream, a deeper goal or dream or that most people want, I think, is lear- are learning and growth. Learning and growth. These are basic to humanity. Just as I said, from the very smallest baby until death, we're all trying to learn more, understand more, become wiser and wiser and wiser. This is it's, it's kind of our destiny. It's our... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Our mental programming, our, uh, it's part of the meaning of our lives is to learn and grow and understand more and more and more. And we feel happier when we do that. So we want this, uh, we want to be fascinated. We want to be curious. And most of all, perhaps we want truth. We want to understand the truth about ourselves our society, our lives, the world, the universe, life, death, everything. And then finally, when we really get to the root of what we truly want, our real, real dreams, our real desires, our real goals, we want it's something very, very internal. What do we really want? We want a feeling of peace, calm, understanding, deep, deep happiness, confidence, connection, fearlessness. These are all internal, right? So let's make another deal. What if again, magically, I promise you I can I can give you I can give you complete happiness, total happiness, so that every day it's the opposite of the other deal. Every day you'll wake up feeling love and connection, surrounded by your loving family, 
every single day of your life, you'll feel a deep, powerful peace inside, calm, happiness, joy. Each day you will grow and learn more. Fear will disappear from your life. You won't be afraid. You'll be confident and strong as well. And you'll be healthy. You'll have good, strong health right up until you die. We call that health span. Right? So you have a nice long life with good health and fitness. So you have all those things. I promise you all those things. But you'll be poor. You won't have much money. You'll have enough to eat. Okay, you'll have enough food. You won't, you won't suffer. Right? You'll have maybe a tiny little house. A very, 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 very simple life. Super simple life. Not much money at all. But you have all those other things. Would you take that deal? I would. I think most people would say yes. Heck yes. Because that's what they really want. That's what they really want. They don't really want the billion dollars. There are some evil people who des- who want to control other people who are sick. And maybe they would take the first deal. <laughs> but most people, most human beings, those are the things they want. The only reason they want to be rich is they think, and this is a mistake, <laughs> but they think all that money will buy happiness. They think the money will buy love. And they're, but they're wrong. Now, the money can be useful with some problems. Well, let's say for health, for example. If you're rich, you have more choices to, um, for health care. Right? You can get better doctors, maybe better treatment. For sure, yes. And uh, if you've got a lot of money, then you have much less stress about financial things. That's true, of course. And if you got a lot of money, then you are more free. I think that's a big one. And that is true. You definitely have a lot more freedom if you're if 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 you have enough money, right? If you have enough money, if you're truly rich or financially free, well then you can be more the master of your own life. You don't have to be a slave for money. All those things are nice, but but the big but Money will not buy happiness or real love or a wonderful family or any of those other things. Or growth or learning or fearlessness or joy or peace or true friendships. Fame won't give you those things either. I think this is the reason why so many in Hollywood, for example, are miserable, terrible human beings. See, they thought. They believed the lie. They thought, oh, I'll become famous and rich, so everybody will love me. I'll have lots and lots of love and, uh, and power. And I'll be super happy all the time. But they are wrong. Because they're confused. Some of them are just evil. <laughs> a lot of them, it seems, we're learning. We're learning more and more. A lot of them are just terribly evil. But some, a lot of them also are just confused. 
say they make a mistake, they, they make the mistake, for example, they think that having fun and partying and yeah, being acting crazy, that that's happiness. Because it does feel good. But it feels good only for a very short time. And it gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And so after a few years of that life, there's no more excitement. It's not very exciting anymore. And then they realize, oh, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm miserable. And when they become famous like that, they begin to realize that, you know, everyone pretends to like them because they're famous and rich. So suddenly they're surrounded by lots of people and everybody says nice things to them. And, oh, you're great. And you're so smart. and You're so wonderful. People, they're surrounded by these people constantly. And in the beginning, again, it feels really good in the beginning. Oh, my God, suddenly everybody wants to take my picture. Everybody wants to meet me. Everybody tells me I'm great and I'm handsome or beautiful and I'm so funny and I'm so smart and I'm so wonderful. Oh, every day, everywhere I go, everything I do is important. If I walk my dog, they take my picture and put it in the newspaper because I'm so important that even walking my dog is important. And so that feels great to them for a while. That's a big ego boost, we say. It increases their ego. They feel very important. But what happens? Well, we know what happens. The problem is, after a few years, they realize something. They realize that all these friends are fake. They realize all these other people, they don't really care about them. Right? They're just being nice to them because they are famous and rich. They want something from that famous person. Maybe they want the famous person to give them money. Maybe they want the famous person to help them in Hollywood, help them get jobs, help them meet other famous people. And they begin to realize that all these friendships are just a lie and that none of these people really care about them at all. And then they begin to feel very, very lonely and miserable and unhappy. And that's why, you know, people are surprised, but you should not actually be surprised. But a lot of people were surprised by Robin Williams killing himself, for example. Right? People get shocked. They seem, they seem so great. They had everything. They were rich and famous. No, they didn't have everything. They didn't. It was all pretend. They had money and they had fame. That's not everything. That's not even much. Because that's not what we really want. Right? It's a confusion, right? We think those things will give us what we want, but they don't. Robin Williams didn't have everything. He had a horrible situation with his, uh, his failed marriage. He was again surrounded by people and that who were not his real friends. He, he probably realized that all these people who pretended to be his friends, they were not real friends. They didn't care about him. When he had a tough time in life, they didn't help him. They just disappeared. They just wanted his money or his fame. That's all. So he probably felt very, very lonely. All that money, could, what did it do? Maybe bought him some nice houses, that's all. I think he had some health problems too. I 
I think we're going to learn and I think even now if you just look into it you'll see that this is actually probably in my opinion this is the normal situation in Hollywood I think it's the normal situation I think most of them are unhappy after a few years in the beginning there it's all exciting right of course when they first become famous and rich woo, it's all great but if you look at the ones that have been famous and rich for I don't know more than five or ten years you will see if you dig into their lives a little bit not such happy people What's the point? What's the point? The point is don't get confused. See, in, in school and media both, where we get most of our training when we're younger, and even as adults, they're confusing us. I think they do it on purpose. Because if we're weak and unhappy, we'll buy more stuff. If we are weak and unhappy, easy, easier to control us. Right? If, you, if you're totally ha- like if you're like the poorer person in my example, if you take the poor person's deal, you live in a farm somewhere, you don't have much, but you have a super close family and lots of love and a wonderful life, well, well you don't need to buy a bunch of things from big companies. And you're free, you'll decide, you'll do whatever you want to do. You're harder to control. They don't want that. They want you confused and unhappy so that you'll buy, buy, buy more stuff so that you'll follow what they tell you. So I think that my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I, I believe that you know part of the matrix is to make us confused about our real dreams, right? The real human dreams that we all have and that we have had for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years as human beings. And then... Those are our true dreams, but then we get confused. And instead, we focus on the tools or the skills or false dreams. Let's talk about an example of this. So again, with money. The true dream is freedom, right? That's really the true dream. You, you want freedom. You want choices. Of course, you, you want to be alive. You need food, shelter, right? The basic things of life. That's quite easy now in our modern technological world. That's pretty easy. Just to survive is not so hard. But what we really want is financial freedom, not to be rich. We want the freedom. Once you have the freedom, why do you need more money? I think for most of us, you know, I don't know. It depends on the number. It depends where you live. depends on the kind of life you live. But for most people, several million dollars is enough. Most of us, you know, why would you need a billion and then two billion and then five billion and then ten billion? Right? We just want financial freedom. If we live simply, that's not so difficult. You really don't need a lot of money if you live simply. So again, it, it, but even that, you have to remember that, you know, this is financial freedom is the true goal. Freedom. The freedom to have choices in your life. And the main one is to have the time in your life to do what you want to do. So 
don't get confused, right? If you focus too much on the money, 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 you, you will forget the true goal. And this is where people can become very unhappy because then they just, uh, there's so many people, they make enough money, they become rich, they're free. What do they do next? Well, they become lost because they just start thinking, well, now I need more money. They become so focused on the money, they forget the original goal. They forget that it was just the freedom that they wanted. And then they become a slave to money. Then they become a slave to that false goal. And then, oh, well, I've got, I've got, I've got 5 million. Now I need 10 million. Now I need 15. Now I need 20 million. Oh, now I need 100 million. Now I need 200 million. It never ends. They achieve the real goal of freedom. And instead of enjoying it and using it for greater happiness, for family, for other things, they just keep going and they become lost in the desire for money. So you have to remember, money is just the tool, okay? Or a business or assets. All the things we learned from Robert Kiyosaki, those are tools like a hammer, like a nail, like a screwdriver. They're tools to give you to get you your real goal. Your real goal is financial freedom. Freedom is your real goal. The money, the businesses, the assets, living simply, all of those things are just the tools. It's just the methods. They're just the methods to get you the goal. Okay? So just don't get confused. That's the key thing. Don't get confused. Don't get confused. Don't think the method is the goal. It's just like English, okay? When you're learning English, right? I give you the effortless English method, the seven rules. But what's the goal? Your goal is to speak powerfully, fluently, effortlessly, think in English, right? To be a strong, powerful, fluent English speaker. That's your goal. So remember, that's the goal. The, the seven rules, my lessons, this podcast, all, everything else, they're just tools, they're just methods to help you get to your real goal. You just have to be clear in your mind. Don't get confused about this because if you get confused, you can become very, very, very unhappy. This is what the Hollywood people do. They confuse the goal. They, they forget that the goal is just to be loved and to have freedom, to be happy. They forget those goals. Instead, they focus on the tools, the methods. They think the method is fame and, and money. And then they just focus on the methods instead. And they become lost in fame and money. And they never become happy. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, fitness and health, for example. Health span. Again, th this is also a tool, right? Because... To be happy, to have good relationships, well, you want to have good energy. You, if you're sick and weak and tired, it's more difficult to do things for other people. It's more difficult to live well. So we try to be healthy and fit and have energy and as much as we can. Okay, that's the tool. It's one of the methods we use to help us achieve our big true dreams, which is really happiness, love, connection. Meditation. It's the same with meditation, by the way. What is meditation? Meditation is not the goal. Meditation is a tool. It's a method of what? 
of, of achieving that deep happiness, wisdom, understanding, joy, fearlessness, right? Meditation is the method to do those things, to achieve those things. It's, it's the way, it's the practice. Another example, let's say you want to be fit and healthy. Well, and you decide to become a runner and you run and you run and you run and you become fit and healthy, but then you hurt your leg. You can't run anymore. So what do you do? Does this mean you cannot be healthy? No, of course not. You just change the method. Running is not the goal. The goal is fitness and health. So maybe you just start to do swimming instead. You can still be fit and healthy. Right? Running is just one method, one way to have fitness. So it's not good to get too focused on one method and then lose the big goal. Very dangerous. Very, 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 very dangerous. So as we talk about all these things, I just encourage you again to realize that the deepest, biggest dreams you have for your life Get to the bottom. Get to the root. Don't forget the root. Remember why you want these things. And don't forget. Don't get lost in the methods. Right? Remember that what you really want is growth and learning and understanding and truth. Remember that what you really want is family and love and connection and belonging. Remember that what you really want is happiness, joy, peace and calm, confidence. All those are things really start inside. They're very internal. That's why we, we're constantly talking about this, that it's mindset, that it's our minds where this happiness is finally created where it happens. We do things externally. We have to take action in the real world. Right? We do things. We, we make a business. We buy assets so we can get freedom. Freedom is another one. Realize that you want freedom. You want time. Freedom for your time. Freedom to live how you want to live. That's what you really want. So there are many ways to achieve these things. Just don't get confused. The danger is when you get confused. When you forget the true goal and you just only focus on the method, right? These horrible Hollywood people, they think being famous will give them love and peace and freedom and they just focus on more fame, more fame, more money, more money, more fame, more money. And, they, and the opposite happens. They become less happy. They become more lonely. It's terrible. This doesn't mean money's evil. It's a tool. Like a hammer's not evil. If you hit someone in the head with a hammer and to murder them, to kill them, well, that's evil. But if you use a hammer to build a house, that's not evil. It's a tool.
Money's a tool. That's the key thing, right? The hammer is not good. The hammer is not evil. The hammer will not make you happy or sad unless you focus on it too much. It's a tool. Well, that's what money is. That's what businesses are, assets. They're tools. They're just tools. To which just use them to create something positive. Use that tool to achieve the true dream that you want. Use that tool to give you more freedom, happiness, love, connection. And when you get the real things that you want, well, then you can relax about the tool, okay? You don't have to keep focusing on it. When you make enough money to be financially free, and you're, you're free for the rest of your life financially, you don't need to keep making more and more and more money. You can continue to work if you enjoy the work, and you'll, you can keep your businesses going and have the money come in, but it's no longer your goal. You don't have to focus on it so much. You don't have to worry about it that much. You can begin to change your focus to other things. So important. The difference between our true deep human needs and then these different goals and tools. So my VIP program is a tool. It's a powerful tool. A powerful tool to train you to speak English powerfully, to speak English effortlessly, to think in English, speak English confidently. My VIP program trains you. That's your goal. That's your real goal, right? To speak well, to understand spoken English well, to be a powerful English speaker. And the VIP program is the training method. And of course, why do you want to learn English? Well, one reason might be for independent learning. English is the international language of research, science, travel, diplomacy, business. So if you want to learn about those topics, English is probably the best language because there are English translations of so many books. For example, the Dhammapada. We're, I'm reading the Dhammapada, right? And we're learning some of that. Well, the original language of the Dhammapada, I believe, is Pali, a very old language. How m- nobody speaks Pali now, almost nobody. Very few. But the translation is available easily in English. There are many, many Chinese books translated into English. Many, you know... Spanish books translated into English. It's just the main international language now. So it's useful for general independent learning. That's a one great reason that you're learning English. Travel is another great reason. It's the international language of travel. You want to travel to different countries? Well, you could try to learn each language for each country you want to visit, but that's very, very, very difficult. Or you can just learn English and you can travel and survive in most places with English. I have. <laughs> and there are practical reasons. Some people need want to do international jobs, international career, international business, lots of other great, big, useful goals. 
and English is the way to do that. And the VIP program will train you exactly for that. So join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Speaking of Chinese books, my favorite Chinese book, translated to English, is the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching, it's spelled in English, don't ask me why, I don't know why, T-A-O, Tao is what it looks like, but it's pronounced Tao. This is just the system, it's like the old system I don't I can't remember who developed it but it's the old system that they used to write Chinese because of course Chinese does not use English letters Latin letters it doesn't use uh, Latin letters but people learning Chinese foreigners especially people from Europe and Americas they will often first learn the words using English letters. So there's a system, there's several systems, many different systems that use different English spellings for Chinese words. None of them are exactly, you know, correct for pronunciation because it's, the pronunciation is really different. So anyway, it's pronounced Dao De Jing. Usually is the normal pronunciation, but it's spelled T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. That's usually how it's spelled. The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. A very, very, very old book. And fantastic. As many of you know, the Tao Te Ching was a strong, strong influence on Effortless English. The name Effortless English comes from the Tao Te Ching, comes from Taoism which is a Chinese a system of Chinese philosophy very a very old one in Taoism there is an idea a concept an idea called effortless effort effortless effort in English that's w- probably the best translation effortless effort and this is the idea that, that when you work with nature, when you work with whatever, with the universe, with God, in the book, with the Tao, then things will feel effortless. Even if you're actually using a lot of energy, even if you're trying hard, when you work with nature, with the universe, with God, with Tao, Everything seems to happen effortlessly. So this is the idea of effortless English, is that by using these natural methods of learning English, yes, you have to do, you know, two hours or more per day. So in that way, you're using effort. But on the other hand, because you are going with nature, it feels more effortless. It feels more fun more enjoyable. The results are better. The improvement is much faster than the old ways. So it's effortless effort, right? That's why I call it effortless English. The other reason is that when you use the method, effortless English method, the final result, the final result 
is you speak English effortlessly. You don't translate, you don't think, it doesn't feel difficult when you speak English. It, the words just come out and it feels effortless. All right, so that's the Tao Te Ching. Let me give you a quote from the Tao Te Ching. So many. That's another great book I recommend. Highly recommend it. There are many different translations in many languages. Uh, one of my favorites in, for English is Stephen Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell, that's the translation I'm using now. Stephen Mitchell's translation, English translation of the Tao Te Ching. So here's a nice one. It's from section 55. In pursuit of knowledge, every day something is added. In the practice of the Tao, wisdom, every day something is dropped. This is a, a, a very key, powerful idea. And you'll find this same uh, teaching in, in other spiritual books, other philosophical books. S sometimes, you know, they're taught in a, with different words, but the same basic idea you'll find in many different areas. The Bhagavad Gita, for example. The Dhammapada, also. The same basic idea. In pursuit of knowledge, right? Trying to get knowledge, trying to learn how we usually think of learning. Every day something is added. What does that mean? Well, for example, you're learning English. That's knowledge. You're learning English. So what? Every day something is added, right? New words. You add new words. You, you learn new words. You're adding to your knowledge. That's knowledge. On the other hand, in the practice of the Tao, which is the practice of wisdom, like the deeper understanding of truth and the deeper wisdom that comes from life experience, it's the opposite. Every day something is dropped. Every day something is dropped, unlearned. What does this mean? Seems a little strange if you, when we first read that. It sounds a little strange. How can we become wiser by dropping things, by unlearning? Well, let's talk about that. Think of it this way. Let's use a metaphor of purification, of subtracting or adding, right? So with knowledge, something like vocabulary, you're adding. You're adding with knowledge. It's a process of adding, right? You're adding new words all the time. That's normal. That's fine. But with wisdom, we're talking about subtracting, taking away. How does that make us better? Well, think of it this way. Let's ask a few questions. Let's, let's think of our minds, because we're really talking about our minds here. When confusion is dropped or eliminated, confusion what remains? Okay, so let's imagine you're confused about something. Maybe about life, maybe just about something specific. You have confusion. Well, what happens if you drop that confusion? You eliminate it. You, the confusion disappears. Well, when the confusion disappears, what's left? What's still there? Understanding. Right? When confusion disappears, you have understanding. 
What about fear? Your mind is filled with fear. What happens if you drop fear? You eliminate fear. When fear disappears, what's left in your mind? Well, calm, courage, confidence. What about suffering? You're suffering. You feel great suffering in your mind. You're suffering. You're in great emotional pain. What happens if you drop that suffering? You eliminate the suffering. What remains after it's gone? Well, when the suffering disappears, you have joy, you have deep happiness, you have peace in your mind. So this is the idea that this uh, quote is teaching us from the Tao Te Ching. You can see that we can think of gaining wisdom, gaining happiness, gaining peace. We can think of it as actually subtracting away the negative. Right? If you remove the negative, you remove the fear, remove the confusion from your mind, remove the suffering, remove the ignorance, remove the weakness, well then, naturally what's left after is strength, peace, happiness, calm. Many times you'll see this idea used to describe the process of meditation. There's a really common metaphor for meditation. I've seen it in many different uh, books and teachings of meditation. And it's the idea of a, you have a glass of water. Hey, imagine you have a glass, a clear glass of water, but the water is very dirty. You get it from a river, maybe. And this water is full of dirt dirt, mud. This is very, very dirty. So, imagine that the dirt, like the water is your mind, okay? Imagine the water is your mind. Your thoughts, your emotions, your consciousness, it's your whole mind. That's the water, the glass of water. But it's filled with dirt. What's the dirt equal in this metaphor? What's the dirt? The dirt is your confusion, your fear, your suffering, your wrong beliefs, right? It's all those negative things. So you've got that muddy water. What do you do? What can you do? Well, one thing you can do, you can put it on a table and then just don't touch it. Let it be still. No movement. Right? You don't, no sp don't get a spoon. Don't stir it. Don't move the water. Don't shake the glass. Don't shake the table. Nothing. Totally still. Completely still. No movement at all. Completely, 100% still. No movement. What happens? Well, immediately nothing happens. <laughs> nothing seems to happen. You look at it, it's still dirty. But if you're patient, when you're very patient and you just wait and you wait and you wait, kind of a long time actually, then what will happen is little by little, the dirt will fall, right? It'll fall down to the bottom of the glass. First just a little bit, then a little more, then a little more. This might take a long time. It might take hours. It might take days. But little by little by little, more of the dirt will fall to the bottom of the glass, fall out of the water to the bottom. Little 
by little by little until eventually the water will become perfectly clear. As long as you don't move it, as long as that glass is totally still, completely still, you never stir it, you never touch it, you never move it, you never shake it, completely still, that all of that dirt will fall to the bottom. And what's left afterwards? Perfect, clear water. Pure water. P-U-R-E, pure water. This is a very good metaphor. Metaphor, M-E-T-A-P-H-O-R. Right? It's like a comparison, like a poetic, like a... We find it in poetry a lot, comparing one thing to another to show a meaning. Metaphor. So this is a metaphor for meditation. Right? So what is the process of meditation? It's the same idea. Your mind is the water, the glass of water, and it is muddy. It is filled with dirt, right? It's filled with emotions. It's filled with all kinds of crazy thoughts and ideas and beliefs. It's your, your mind is muddy, dirty. How do you clear your mind? Well, you sit still. That's all you do. You sit down and you are perfectly still. Your body is still. And also you try to make your mind as still as possible. Just let the thoughts come and go, thoughts come and go, emotions come and go. You try to stay mentally and emotionally calm, calm, calm. What happens? Just like with the water, immediately nothing seems to happen. In fact, sometimes it seems like it even gets dirtier. <laughs> you notice the dirt more, at least. <laughs> but again, with time, with practicing meditation, hours and hours and hours, days and days and days, months and months, probably years and years, that dirt, the emotional dirt, the mental dirt, will also begin to fall out of your mind. And your mind will become more and more and more clear, more pure. So this is the process of meditation. This is the idea. This is the idea of subtraction that the Tao Te Ching is teaching us here. That it's a very optimistic, a very positive and optimistic teaching if you think about it. Right? When you think about it, this is incredibly positive. Because what is this saying? It's saying that the natural, your natural mind, right? Who you really are is pure. That's your natural state. That's yeah, your highest self. Who you really, really are is pure and clear. And all the other stuff, the anger, the fear, the worry, the confusion, all that stuff is just dirt. It's just mud. And all you need to do is subtract it out, filter it out. And one very good way is just to be still and make a habit of stillness and practice it and practice it and practice it. And little by little by little, that mud 
falls out. That dirt falls out and you return to your true self. The true nature of your own mind, which is pure and clear. That we are naturally pure and clear, it's only when we add all this dirt and mud that we get all these problems. That we become so unhappy. That's very positive when you think about it. It's a very optimistic view. This is what that uh, quote means then from the Tao Te Ching. That for wisdom, what we're doing is subtracting, right? Dropping. It means we're dropping our fear. We're dropping our weakness. We're dropping our confusion. We're dropping our ignorance. We're dropping our crazy thoughts. We're dropping our greed. It's a process of subtracting. And the way you do it is just to be still and calm. At least that's one way you can do it. There may be other ways too. If we use the metaphor, right, we can imagine, well, in the modern world, we'd use a filter. And we'd filter out all the mud. That would be even faster. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe there are other methods, methods of meditation, methods of psychological methods that are like being a filter. But very traditionally, the most simple way is just to be still. This is why quiet and calm are so important. We all need, every day, every day we need a lot of time, uh, not just a little, but a lot of time for quiet and calm. Can you see now, if you look at it from this point of view, looking at it from this point of view, can you see why cell phones and movies and TV and internet and video games might be so harmful. Can you see why? Because that's just like adding more mud. That's like adding more dirt. All of those things do the opposite. They make your mind more active. That's like shaking up the glass, right? So you're sitting still, everything's getting calmer, the dirt's falling out. You're moving the right direction, and then what do you do? You shake the glass. It all comes back up again. You just destroyed your effort. <laughs> oh, that's what TV does. That's what school does. That's what movies and video games and all that stuff do if you do it too much, and especially for children. It's like they're, they don't get enough time t- for quiet and calm, and then you're just... F- constantly filling their minds with distraction, distraction, distraction. Noise and images and sounds and colors. It's just stirring it up again and again and again. So the minds never have a chance to become more clear. This is what makes city life often much less human, less natural. Because cities are filled with noise and confusion and action and images and It's hard to find quiet and calm in the city. It's harder for sure. You go way out into the, you go out into the mountain somewhere where you're alone. It's easy. That's why I used to go camping all the time when I lived in Georgia. My dog and I, we would walk into the mountains. We'd go to the top of some small mountain. No one else around. 
me, my dog, the trees, the mountain. You know what happened? My mind just became so calm after just one day, one day in the mountains alone with my dog. <laughs> and I just I just felt this deep calm in my mind and even in my body. Like ah like immediately a lot of that dirt and distraction just just disappeared. Just calmed right down. Mind became very clear, usually after my first night. And of course, the longer I stayed, the more calm and peaceful I became. It's kind of the opposite of what happens in cities, <laughs> for me at least. When I come into a city, like my mind gets more and more active, more active, more active all the time. Everywhere I go, there's noise and sound and people and... It's not evil, none of, none of this. They're not trying to be bad, but it just creates noise. It makes it very hard for your mind to be still and calm in a big city. Very difficult. Now, I find that after several months being in a city, I, I, I desperately want to escape. I need to get out into nature, and this is why. I'm feeling that right now, <laughs> you might guess. <laughs> Recently, I've, we've had to be in the city here in Osaka. For a while, I haven't had a chance to get out, and I'm starting to feel a little crazy. <laughs> Don't worry, I will get out. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I think it's a, a better way of life for us. I think for what we really want, that happiness, the connection, family, community, all of that, I really do believe that smaller towns and the countryside are better for those. For our general happiness and peace of mind, cities are much, much, much less healthy. But let's end on a very positive thought, shall we? Let's just return again to how optimistic all of this really is. I mentioned before the Bhagavad Gita, I feel, is one of the most optimistic books, teachings ever. Now, some parts of it <laughs> are a little frightening. If you really think deeply about it, you're like, oh, right? There's a famous section of the Bhagavad Gita that uh, Oppenheimer, the physicist, quoted when he saw the atomic bomb. You know, I am death, the destroyer of worlds. And that's when uh, Krishna is giving Arjuna a really, really big red pill. But... The fundamental teaching is that we will, we are all this kind of pure purity, right? This kind of pure goodness, and we all we need to do is filter out, get just subtract out all these negative things that get added to us in different ways, because our true nature, our true deepest nature is pure, is good. And this is what the Tao Te Ching is saying. It's a process of subtracting. You don't have to be super intelligent to become wise 
and happy. Not necessary. You don't need to add a lot of money and become super rich. It's not necessary. You don't need to have uh, a lot of schooling and degrees and a great job. It's not necessary. You don't need to be famous. It's not necessary. It's in fact the opposite. It's not adding, it's subtracting. You just calm your mind and your emotions. You gradually weaken and subtract. Subtract your fear. Subtract your doubt. Subtract your worries. Subtract your weakness. Subtract your confusion. And as you grow calmer and calmer and more and more clear, clearer and clearer, you will return to your natural and best true mind, which is peaceful, which is happy, which is good. That is very optimistic. That is very positive, and I believe it is true. So think about that, and have a great day. And as always, join my VIP program. Join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Lots of love. See you next time.